good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the latest edition, I guess you could say the March monthly edition of Hats Off, also called Pants Off in some circles. It's super yeah. awesome to be back. It's been a while since we've done one. The last one we did was right before we released JGLP and JUSDC, so I'm sure we'll have a ton to talk about in that regard, but also some new stuff going forward. As always, this program is not financial advice. Anything we say here is just opinions and observations. Without further ado, Jojo, do you want to give us some of your thoughts on the global markets? Sure. And we can kick off that section. You don't have to, by the way. You don't have to give many thoughts. We you can just say no. A, a, a few thoughts on these episodes because... Uh, there is not a lot to say, I think. Uh, it, it's, it's actually the similar situation that what we had like uh, in, in, in the last episode that I think was uh, the 19th of January or something like that. So, you know, basically when in the last episodes, uh, where were we? We were at the green circle, okay? We were challenging this 200-day uh, moving average on the SPX, so on the market. Uh, we were challenging the big... Uh, bad trend line that uh, has, has basically dictated the trend for the last year. And we were asking ourselves, uh, is the market going to be able to breach this? It did breach it, as we can see. The problem is that uh, you, to, to, to change a trend, okay, you, you don't totally breach a moving average. You don't, don't totally breach a trend line. You, you need to make a um, higher high and higher lows and so on, okay? So the, this area that I've uh, highlighted to, to all of you is the same area that we have been highlighting basically since July, okay? So this is the area that is the line in the sand for the market to actually have a change in trend. Why? There is a confluence of volume. There is a confluence of uh, uh, technical uh, indicators. It was, um, it's, it's, it's not only the place from which we have a lot of uh, gaps in the SPY, which is the, uh, the ETF uh, version of the SPX. So it's, it's only traded eight hours per day and not 24 hours per day. But it's, uh, there is a confluence of volume, okay? And what has happened is that after breaching the trend line, the 200-day moving average, the market actually stopped exactly in that uh, rectangle, okay, and bounced off uh, from that. Now, this is um, a chart that uh, uh, I, I took yesterday, okay, so it's it's missing a couple of data points, which is the close of yesterday and the, the opening of uh, today. But uh, as you all can see, uh, what happened is that uh, the market first bounced off this resistance and then... Uh, it has found support uh, still on this 200-day moving average that it was resistance up to, you know, uh, last month and is now support. The real question is uh, if it's going to still act as a support or not. We don't have the crystal ball. It's difficult to say. What usually happens is that uh, this stuff takes a little bit of time usually to develop, okay? So we, we might just have a new range, a smaller range forming before taking on a new decision. So, you know, as usual, uh, going into the cross market might help us understanding where we are going. In this slide, we are seeing the ratio of the SPX 500 versus the Nasdaq. So the broad American market versus the technology market, so to say. 
why are we seeing this? Because uh, the this bear market in uh, Tradify or Stardify has hit mostly technology, which uh, has gone down not only in absolute value against the dollar, but also relative value against uh, industrials, against uh, financials and so on. We are seeing that uh, actually this ratio has um, broke the trend line and the 200-day moving average exactly like the, the SPX did and is now doing uh, a mini flag, okay, which is the the one in uh, in yellow. We might uh, ask ourselves if this is a bull flag or a bear, okay? It might be a bull looking at the formation, but uh, it's uh, you know it's it's not really important. What is important is that uh, we are seeing uh, a first start of change in the trend, uh, not only against the dollar but also in uh, cross market relative strength, okay. We're going to check something similar in crypto uh, later, but uh, uh, usually you, you, when you want to understand uh, what the market is doing, you need to look for risk on assets versus uh, risk of ones. In this example, the risk on asset is the is the Nasdaq because uh, it has been the one that has been hit uh, the most by this bear. Okay, when the risk on asset starts to get more traction, more uh, strength against uh, the risk of one, it means that we are going into a better period of time. Now, it doesn't mean that we are turning here. Okay, not at all. We need a lot uh, more confirmation, but uh, this. Uh, is uh, for sure a start. And so we can look at uh, other assets like the VIX and the DXY. So this is the VIX, okay? It's uh, the VIX for the last uh, two years. Uh, we have checked this uh, chart a few times already, okay? This time uh, we decided to highlight you three different zones, okay? So the green, the orange, and the, and the red one. Now, for the folks who are might not uh, just... Uh, you might just not know what the VIX is, is what is usually called the uh, in the, uh, the fear index. Okay, the more the VIX is up, uh, the more the market is uh, in danger or is dumping for why it matters because the VIX is a direct relation uh, of the price of uh, 30 days options. Okay, now to, to just put it simple, now uh, what we can see is that uh, not only we, we are on a very important level, which is the 19, okay. But uh, that in the last few months, the VIX has been in this uh, orange belt, okay? This orange belt is, uh, it's, it's a no man's land right now. Or at least it has been a no man's land for the last uh, two years. Which means uh, VIX in here would mean either VIX going into the green zone, so moment in which the market could rally, or going into the red one, in which uh, market uh, uh, might dump or could dump really hard. What is interesting is uh, how much time. Uh, has uh, the VIX uh, spent into this uh, orange zone, which is between 19 and 22.5. We've seen that in, in, in the last year, you know, we basically uh, breached this zone, touched 19 and then bounced and uh, went back off into the red zone. So in a uh, risk of uh, situation, we are spending a lot of time now in this uh, orange zone. This is uh, a direct reflection on the fact that there are a lot of technicals in market that says that we, we, we might be really close to a turning point, okay? So always remember, we have two types of correction in market. One is the price correction. So price can go down a lot, hit your stop. It uh, just, just put the participant away. The other correction that we might have is in terms of time, okay? 
because uh, people might just get bored about a position, might just uh, get out, and might just not look at the position uh, for a while because uh, they spend so many hours staring at the screen that uh, they say, fuck it, and, uh, I'm not going to watch this, I'm going to watch some other stuff. And this is uh, what is called a time correction, okay? And uh, it feels like we, we, we have been entering this zone, okay? Because uh, if we look at the broad market, we haven't gone uh, anywhere in the last uh, couple of months, okay? DXY is uh, the asset that uh, might actually just give us uh, some of the timing, okay? So DXY until basically November has been on a rampage, as uh, we, we all know. We have uh, dumped, we are recording now. It feels like after this uh, run-up, which is uh, quite huge for a currency, okay? You don't see this uh, very often. DXY has uh, to chill a little bit, which is what it's doing, okay? And uh, this interaction with the measure trend line might actually give us uh, maybe some sort of timing, okay? So again, in here, we, I, I, I just drew a couple of scenarios in which... Uh, in the red one, DXY just keeps dumping, okay? But uh, it feels like for now, the, the, the most likely one is, is the green in which uh, it keeps just uh, building energy, building momentum to, to take then a decision on the direction to take. And uh, the direction of DXY is probably going to be the direction that uh, is going to be followed by the rest of the market. Remember, a strong USD is something that put pressure on every asset, including crypto, okay? Because uh, BTC, Ethereum, they're priced against the dollar. The more the dollar is strong, okay? The more pressure Bitcoin, Ethereum have. And uh, this is true for oil, uh, for uh, gold, uh, for the market, uh, for uh, whatever you can think about, okay? The, the other thing that is interesting probably is that in, in, in this chart as well, we see in the DXY, which is, uh, if you don't know, it's... It's a representation of the dollar in terms of uh, other currencies, okay? Uh, so it's, it's totally different from the market, from stocks. It's, uh, it's close to the 200-day moving average. Uh, this uh, tells you a lot about the correlation of the market, especially after a bear market, during a bear market. All assets are correlated, which means SPX is close to the 200-day moving average. DXY is close to the 200-day moving average. We're going to see in a few that uh, Ethereum as well is pretty close to the 100-day moving average. So everything is pretty, pretty correlated. And uh, the direction that we're going to take, even if it's a bear or a bull, is going to drag the whole market. Okay? So we can uh, check on the next uh, slide to, to see something that we care a little bit more about, which is crypto. Okay? This is total. Total represents the whole market cap of uh, cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum, USDC, whatever, okay? And again, this has a chart that is similar to what we saw. It's actually a little bit better, to be honest, compared to, uh, to the Nasdaq, uh, for example. Uh, so the total market cap of cryptocurrencies uh, is uh, right now above the 200-day moving average. It broke the trend line, okay, and it's uh, it's actually doing a, a pretty nice chart. I mean, if I look at this, okay, uh, this uh, created a, a bottom in in November with the FTX uh, debacle, okay, in into what was the 2018 all-time high of uh, the uh, total market cap of crypto, okay. It makes sense for the level to to act as support. To be honest, from here, 
even if we dump for whatever reason, we could dump into still into the 2018 all-time high, and uh, the chart will still look fine, okay? Because uh, we have uh, this uh, this floor, okay, that has been uh, formed between June and November, that uh, is not gonna get uh, breached in one point if we have to go lower. So even if we test this low, the chart will still look fine, to be honest, okay? And uh, why it will still look fine? Because uh, this chart is is better than what we can see in, uh, in a lot of big tech companies, okay, or in the Nasdaq and so on. And uh, this is quite amazing. Uh, I've told this uh, a few times already in previous episodes, but uh, thinking that crypto has a better chart uh, compared to some stocks or some indexes is something that uh, nobody would have really envisioned a few years ago, to be honest. And uh, that's uh, that's quite a good thing, okay? Uh, we can now check uh, what uh, USDT dominance is doing. So this is basically the equivalent of the DXY, okay? In the sense that we check how much a stable coin has a dominance in um, in the market. We choose uh, Tether, not because we like Tether more than Circle, just because we, you know, we, we started to look at this uh, a few months ago, and so we are, we are sticking to this uh, as a measurement. Now, as we can see, we, we haven't done too much, okay? We're still in this range for basically uh, the from the beginning of the year, okay? We have actually have what is technically called an expanded range, I guess, uh, which means that uh, these uh, dominance first broke the low and then broke the eye and then went back uh, into the, the range. This is the typical pattern that uh, we, short term, uh, we have also seen lately in the stocks in indexes. is a pattern that is uh, it, it's it's a mess to trade, okay? Because it's a, a pattern in which everyone gets blown out. Uh, they try to hide at the uh, last low. It gets taken out, your stop gets taken out, and then it recoils. So um, you decide that it might be time to short at some point, and it breaks just the high. So blows another, uh, blows again the stops, and then it goes back in the range. So this is the same pattern I think that we saw in August of last year. Okay, it was a period with less volume, and it's usually a pattern that you see when there is less volume. But the most important thing is that it's a pattern that clears both sides before taking a direction, okay? And again, go figure, we are close to the 200-day moving average here as well. And so we can check Ethereum, okay? So Ethereum uh, as a chart that is quite similar to Total, it's, it's probably a little bit better. Um, what is important of Ethereum, as you all might know, is that we're going to the Shanghai upgrade, okay? So this is something that uh, is, uh, has a lot of high expectation, okay? And there are a lot of theses around uh, what is going to happen. I read folks saying uh, we're going to dump because we unlock coins and so there is going to be sell pressure. I've uh, read people saying we're not going to dump because uh, assuming Shanghai goes uh, through, that will mean that it's safe to lock uh, coins into the Ethereum chain. And so more people will lock coins, actually reducing the circulating uh, supply. Uh, there are pros and cons on on both theses, okay, and it's uh, it's more a problem of uh, you know um, some fundamental analysis plus uh, game theory. Uh, to be honest, uh, personally, and it, it doesn't mean that it's gonna go like this. I see this as a short-term bearish catalyst, which means uh, we might just you know 
have a dump that that might even not be uh, caused by this, okay? But everyone is gonna point to the uh, Shanghai upgrade as the reason. And then we're gonna probably see a stabilization of the market. What is actually really important in this is uh, if the upgrade uh, is gonna be successful uh, or not. And, you know, beside this, there is uh, the whole question about the queue to, to exit the stake at Ethereum. And we're not here to talk. Uh, uh, about this, but it's not like uh, they, we have an instant amount of uh, uh, 1 billion of Ethereum to dump, okay? Ethereum has a decent chart, but it might get some volatility due to this event, and uh, the fact that it's going to get some volatility to this event is, is pretty clear on the fact that we, are, we haven't gone anywhere in the last two months, okay? And so this is uh, due for a move, uh, probably on both sides of, uh, of this range. We can uh, probably close the technicals by having, uh, you know, some, some final thoughts, okay? We've seen that the SPY has breached the 200 day moving average, and this is true for Ethereum um, as well. We have to check if this 200 days is now going to act as support or not. It did up to until a couple of days ago, we bounced directly on this. Uh, this indecision is reflected in a lot of asset VIX, is in this zone that is uh, uh, what I call no man's land. It has been in this zone for uh, several weeks, which is something that hasn't happened in the last uh, one and a half year. Okay, and this testifies on the fact that we might be building energy for a potential new move, a potential new trend. Okay, and uh, the XY is uh, also telling us uh, the the same story. And uh, the corresponding uh, of the XY, which is the dominance of USD, uh, USD Tether is telling us the, the same story, okay? Even if we get dump, it's, it, it will be just a breather, okay? As long as the floor holds, uh, there is still a lot of talk about uh, the, um, the recession and so on. So what is the, the, the elephant in the room here? The, there is a discrepancy between the tape and the macro. Uh, the, the tape, it's, uh, it's, um, it's the it's it's the order book, okay? It's a, it's a way to call the order book, it's a way to call the price action. The price action is, tur is starting to turn bullish, okay? But the macro hasn't changed. Uh, Forward-looking indicators are still saying a recession, are still saying uh, no soft landing, and so there is a discrepancy between these two. Who is gonna be the right in the end? It's difficult to say. What it makes sense, uh, usually in this situation is uh, buying strong asset and selling weak asset. So going for the relative strength inside the different uh, industries or even in, in different asset classes. Okay. Um, there is still the possibility of a recession and historically a recession means that uh, the market still has to bottom. It doesn't mean necessarily, for example, that uh, Ethereum has to take out uh, the law of uh, 900 okay uh, especially because of uh, numerous changes that uh, it has gone through okay we we went uh, into the proof of stake now we have shanghai uh, we have a different uh, supply and demand uh, dynamics and so on so this all to say that even if we don't know the future we can recognize the strong assets the weak assets and place ourselves uh, accordingly okay this is the technicals. It's uh, a situation that is showing some signs of positivity after a year, a year and a half, and it's a great start. Okay, it's a great start, but it's not enough. We need to have some more confirmation on this. 
uh, that's uh, what uh, we are missing. Uh, we can now go through the fundamental part of uh, of the market. What is going on? This is going to be relatively brief because there hasn't been a ton of changes. You know, CPI is basically flat, okay, compared to uh, to January uh, as well. Uh, well, mortgage demand is actually uh, down a little bit, is, is down uh, 6%. What is actually interesting is uh, the 30-year uh, mortgage rate, which uh, um, which increased, okay? A lot of people are also looking at uh, used car price. Uh, this because it's... Uh, Use car prices is, is a proxy of uh, a lot of other stuff like uh, supply chain issue and so on. Uh, it feels like uh, the user car price might have uh, topped, okay, at least on the short term, okay. It's uh, it's down uh, uh, 7.8%, which uh, it, it seems a lot just by reading uh, the the number, okay. But it's not a lot if we if we look at the chart uh, in a higher time frame because uh, I remember seeing uh, the chart starting at the COVID at 20k USD and going up to 28k. Okay, so it made a huge uh, run up, and whoever tried to buy a car in the last year probably knows what I'm talking about. The 10-year Treasury, 10-year Treasury is up 3.9 from um, the uh, 3.52 in January. Uh, with Nash, we were chatting, uh, uh, I think this morning, about the two years being at uh, at five percent, which is is kind of crazy, to be honest. Okay, and um, the 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 other important factor is the layoff amount. So while it's still high, okay, uh, because it's uh, the, the amount of layoff, especially in the tech sector, is still high, and uh, we read about Meta preparing a new round of another thirty k. In February, we were uh, we were down a lot compared to January. Layoff in the in the tech sector are are following a trend that is similar to the used uh, car prices. Okay, so even the macro uh, has a situation in which uh, most of the stuff that was uh, uh, that's created the situation of the last year it's still there. Okay, but it's uh, it's getting uh, a little bit softer. This is good because we have uh, we have fundamentals that are starting a little bit to following to follow the technicals. Remember what, uh, one thing usually: there are leading indicators and lagging indicators. Price, especially price in the stocks uh, in the stock market, it's uh, it's a leading indicator always because it's uh, it's forward looking. Okay, and so when they say the price. Uh, it's the only thing that pays. That's uh, that's that's actually true. You know, we can close the the macro uh, with the takeaways, which is um, the only real thing that has happened is uh, yesterday. Powell has basically flipped the, the table on the fifty uh, BPS. Okay, uh, so until uh, until yesterday, uh, Fed tool was. Uh, uh, I think it was giving a probability of 70% of uh, 25 uh, basis points, okay? It basically flipped to the to the 50. And the interesting thing is, is that uh, it was like a 25 for a month or a couple of months. I don't remember. It, it just took Powell uh, a speech of yesterday to just... Uh, uh, to just flip this. So there is still this distance, okay, between the technicals and the macro. As I anticipated before, we might just see 
a correction that is mostly in terms of time, not price. So we might see a drift, okay? We might see a drift, it might be a drift down in a lot of asset, but it might just put a strong asset in, in a flat price action. But it's gonna last long enough to boot participants out, okay? Uh, that's why before I was saying, uh, look for strong asset, look for stuff that is really, really strong compared to peers, look for the best of breed. That's, uh, that's how you, you want to, to, to look at these markets because uh, these, are, these are not easy markets, okay? Uh, these are markets in which you have to have a higher time horizon, okay? Uh, that's uh, not always possible. When this is not possible, buying a strong asset and selling weak ones is usually the, the way to go. And that uh, wraps up the, the macro takeaways. Brilliant, brilliant as always. It's... I don't know if there was any question because I wasn't able to follow it. I, I don't know if there's any questions necessarily. Just a lot of great comments and a lot of JoJo fans. If you guys want to ask questions, we can go ahead and take some now. Unless, Notch, you had anything that you wanted to cover hmm. in the interim. Jojo, I thought I was taking macro. <laughs> I didn't want to stop you. <laughs> you, were, you were just on a roll. I was like, all right, well, he wants to go macro. Go for it. Is there, is there anything that you want to recover on macro that you had a differing opinion on? Differing opinion, but I'd say, like, going back to technicals, like, look at the weeklies. Right. Like if you look at the weeklies, everything looks okay. I think macro wise, we were down. There was a there's crypto in the short term is disconnected from TradFi a bit because you had that day where basically there was FUD around Republicans getting together with lawmakers to try and have some sort of conversation around managing crypto and regulation. Not much came out of that other than the fact that ETH was down five and a half percent on that day. Bitcoin was down, I think, four and uh, TradFi was up like a point. So up until then, it had been pretty decently correlated. Could say that TradFi caught down to the outperformance or to the underperformance of, of the S&P. There's a few ways, I guess, you could angle it. But... The way I look at it, I just believe that that move was overdone. And that was a pretty big sized move. I think we're still in the ranges that we've been in for a while. I think that this market will continue to crab for a while. Yeah. Um, we may get more of all, but I would say that this is why stuff like JUSDC, if you're scared, makes sense. JGLP, if you just believe that we're kind of going to crab around for a while makes sense. I think these are things that, you know, like they're being built for a purpose. We have JRA that we just settled on an auditor. And so like the code's done, it's going through audit and gas optimization. So hopefully we'll be able to get that out to you. Uh, I'd love to see it by the end of the month. Um, it depends how smoothly the audit goes. We have a great dev team though. So but we always want to make sure that they do get to take a look at that. So we have JARA. Um, one of the things, though, that I think, you know, when you look at all of those thematically, like take a look at the strength of ARA on the chart, ARA has been incredible. And so I think that these like real yield plays are going to continue to draw in more and more capital. 
I still think that we really haven't seen people understand how good GUSDC is compared to the the entire broader range of USDC products that are out there and USDC strategies. So one thing I did want to point out, though, take a look at Camelot because we do have some pretty juicy LPs on yeah. there for JUSDC. We're going to probably start talking a lot more about that in our marketing um, in a similar way to what we did with LPing the J assets and you get this nice blended yield. Mm -hmm. So I do think that there's something really nice there. But with regards to the macro, I think like there's a lot of things you have to look out for, right? I, I, it, it's a really rough situation because on one hand, you have Jerome Powell who just absolutely wants to bankrupt every single person in the United States, apparently, by saying that having a job is bad. Um, conversely, he also wants to raise interest rates. And then on the other hand, between the overnight repo rate and other folks coming in and doing easing, you know, we've injected a trillion dollars into the market in the last three months. There was a note out there that I read, and it was actually a video that I had forgotten about. But it was um, one of the Citibank guys basically talking about how that move, so the, the trillion bucks that they put in, uh, what they basically did was that's effectively about 10% of the market. And so you saw roughly a 10% run up in the market based on that trillion bucks. So, you know, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. They're complaining that inflation's too hot and, you know, they're coming in here trying to act all innocent and shit. Meanwhile, the overnight repo rate is causing these guys to just absolutely just shell out money to all these banks. So, yeah, I mean, it absolutely, it doesn't surprise me that the market is hanging in there because more and more money keeps going out there and that's not going to stop by the way so i mean what's likely going to happen and also i find it completely rich that like the banks got absolutely crushed yesterday these guys are making so much money on the overnight repo it's ridiculous go look at jp morgan's rates versus what they're getting paid in overnight repo if you really want to vomit so yeah i mean i think that there's a lot of folks that are going to look at this market and have differentiated opinions but i think We'd probably just crab along. Uh, that'd be my personal take, but it's certainly not going to be something that we're all in agreement agreement with in this group. I think folks that are able to do some complex stuff right now are probably going to do well because I think non-correlated risk assets are pretty interesting right now. But, you know, look, there's a lot of headwinds. The consumer is still hanging in there. Jobs are still hanging in there. Spending is still hanging in there come down a bit but you know look you don't just like shut the consumer off in a few quarters after the money printer has been on since you know i've been alive or at least very young so yeah it takes a while to slow down that stuff and i personally don't think that the fed has the stomach for it and plus the other economies in the world don't necessarily have to put up with it they could raise their hands and say enough of this shit you know we're gonna we're gonna do something about this so I think the Fed's going to have to raise significantly their mandate yeah. targets. I think they're probably going to end up having to settle for like a high three, low four handle, which seems completely unreasonable, I know. But I don't think they're getting where they think they're, they're going to get. I realize that there's some numbers that are falling off really soon, uh, the reporting that'll make it look like that inflation number is starting to get closer to target. And I get that, but I'm sorry. I, I just, I don't see it. I don't see I don't see the cost of stuff going down. People still can't find help. They still can't find workers. 
stuff is still expensive. Grocery store trips are still expensive. I was in Philly yesterday and I was talking to my Uber driver and it cost him 400 bucks a month for gas for his, for his apartment. Okay. Like these are problems (laughs) that are not going away. And so I, I just don't see it, but, um, we do have other stuff to talk about. I mean, we have some other kind of like product stuff and a few alpha-ish things I guess we could talk about. But maybe before we did, we could do any Q&A we might have. Yeah, totally. Uh, I thought you were going to say $400 for his car. <laughs> you gave me a no, he was... There. I got to say, man, like it's been a while since I've been in like a like a city city. Like I don't really... I, I guess Miami's a city, but like mm-hmm. I was in Philly and um, like everybody drives Tesla. Yeah. All the Ubers, everything is like a Tesla Model Three. That's true. Tesla's now. It's crazy. They do. I, where do they charge them? Uh, they have. So you're familiar with like Bird scooters and stuff like that, right? They have Rebel, yeah. which is a rentable Tesla. Um. So yeah, but where do they charge them? I'm sure. Like, they where have, do you go to charge your? I'm your sure Tesla. if you use that. Oh, you mean like just anyone in the city? I don't. Yeah, like like where are all these like there's no gas stations, yeah. right? So like if anybody knows, let us know. I I do not. Yeah. In your There's some interesting questions in the chat, by the way. Where do we want to start here? Jojo, maybe you can give us an answer here. Someone asked a question about a potential for a volatility vault using yeah. dual X straddles. Yeah, yeah. Got any thoughts uh, there? Yeah. Uh it's uh, it's an interesting question. It's something that uh, we have discussed. Uh, it will be cool. The problem for us is that the the expiration is now too too narrow. Okay, so we can maybe revisit this if in future our partners will release uh, something that has weekly or monthly expiration. Just because uh, the, the today's expiration is uh, really really um, little. And that, uh, as a side effect, means that uh, it uh, it's a lot inefficiency of the capital. Okay, in in the way that uh, Dopex structured the, the the straddle. So it would be cool, but it can be done with the current uh, expirations. Very interesting. Do we want to talk about Pluto? Yeah, yeah, we should talk about it. Who wants to start? Yeah, I mean, so just TLDR, right? So we were talking with camelot we were talking with the guys that were doing orbital and basically like you know orbital is something that you know was going to get pushed out pretty far out into the year and my experience in DeFi is basically like when somebody says something is going to be out you have to add a little bit of lead time for it because there's just always something that you didn't kind of expect to have happen or Things take longer, code takes longer, audit takes longer, whatever. So, you know, we, we let Plutus know kind of where our heads was at. And basically, we had a meeting with them and kind of said, look, like, you know, we think it's really good for us and you guys long term because it makes Jones uh, a lot rarer. Right? It makes it a lot harder to come across because we were emitting 888 Jones a day. And then because of the move to Camelot and because of the deal we got with emissions, we were able to lower our emissions rate down to 250 a day because we do have uh, a goal of trying to get to zero, right? So our goal is to emit zero Jones a day. That's that's our net goal. So what are the things that are in the way of that, right? So 
if we have like JE uh, DPX, if we have JR DPX, so obviously those are on Sushi and we don't have a way to incentivize those, uh, you know, right now. I imagine that like, let's say DOPEX goes to Orbital or if there's some something with Sushi, whatever, like whatever happens, like we'll have to figure out what makes sense and then we'll probably have to give Jones rewards on that or figure something else out, right? But like, that's the only place right now that you can get Jones rewards outside of single stake Jones, which is like 1.8%. So, you know, and, and they've known that this was our goal for a while to get the Jones emissions down to zero because we've got to get it down to zero or as close to it as possible getting into V Jones. So, you know, we let them know and we had a conversation about it. And, you know, then they went through their own negotiation with Camelot to go through. And then we all saw the announcement that they joined Camelot and they're doing their things over there. I'm not sure exactly when they're going to bring the PLS Jones over there. I'm not sure. I know that we did um, we did send them Jones, right? So like we did send them a, a Jones to cover that like period. So I think we sent them a month's worth of emissions to cover the, the difference. So I'm not sure how they're going to handle distribution of those rewards, but I'm sure they'll make some sort of announcement at some point soon. But I guess the idea is that they're going to be bribing those pools and well, not bribing, but like, you know, they're going to be using some of their emissions that they point to, to, to make that emission really juicy. And then obviously they've got the other stuff that they can do with the Plutus token. So I saw a lot of people in the chat talking about how the, the PLS Jones was getting hit. I imagine that's probably temporary until they can get everything on Camelot and start rebribing. But, you know, I, I'm not going to speculate on their price and their timing because I don't know their timeline, but we do have Jones rewards that we did send them. I'd have to go back and check the chain. It might be two two weeks ago, something like that. Maybe I'm not sure if they're going to just airdrop those or how they're going to distribute them. But but yeah, I mean, look, Blue's our partner. A lot of folks in the community are in uh, PLS Jones, so you know, hopefully they can get that online as soon as possible, and you know, get folks some cool combination of like Grail or Jones. I mean, look, they could take the Grail rewards and swap it out for Jones if they want. Like they could do a lot of stuff think that there's a lot of options they have a lot of levers they have to pull but you know it's not lost on us that there are a lot of jonesies who are in plutus and you know i talked to i talked to a bunch of the guys that are in the chat a lot uh about something like this like i know joel and i have talked a lot about this too so you know we're working we're working with plutus just to try and be helpful where we can and you know hopefully they're able to kind of figure out what they need to do to get it over you know, everybody wins yeah um, will pls jones mm -hmm. still convert directly to ve jones when ready uh i imagine they'll allow that i that's kind of like their decision how they want to do it i don't know how they're going to actually structure that if you think about it because like it might be better for them to just like own the ve jones from that and keep some percentage liquid like i don't know exactly because they i don't think they ever actually release the full workflow, it would probably be good to ask for them. Yeah. I know, Jojo, you, you probably are more versed on it than I am. There has never been a specific uh, uh, path moving forward. And it, to be honest, this is uh, uh, totally fine because uh, 
they were basically locking a product that uh, was already still in development. So at some point it's going to be uh, up to them to specify the mechanics and, and, and also decide some of the mechanics because I guess they can do it in, in, in several ways. Okay. What I can probably say is that we just want this uh, to uh, go forward in the best way possible for the community. Just that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like the main takeaway. Like the intention is not to make this difficult um we provided jones rewards so i'm sure plutus will do something to make people whole or satisfy them and the triple yield actually sounds like a great option an idea so yeah that sounds pretty cool yeah um a couple other things too like uh just looking at the chat as well someone mentioned pair pair is actually really cool we uh we met the team and um really cool there's like a, they have some really Chad founders there too. So um, I would definitely check check them out and look in, under the hood at that thing. They are they are going to be relaunching. Yeah, uh, the pair trading is is pretty cool. They they have a pretty cool roadmap too. Uh, shout out to Pixofer that uh, little plug. They announced getting the PLS Jones pool over roughly three weeks ago. Yeah, I they did. I had a conversation with Big K a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, I, whatever they need to get it over, you know, we'll we'll help with what we can. Um, at this point, you know, they kind of have to have to have to go and and get that done. Um, not sure exactly the timeline around it, but yeah. Uh, Grail Jones and PLS, yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Do we do a V Jones Vault? Pull the liquidity back to Jones control. I don't think that that would even be necessary, right? Like, you want to have the right size amount of liquidity, right? So having much more pull is not necessarily going to help anything, right? And like, if we just have a bunch of VE Jones vault, maybe this is related to like some of the PLS Jones that seems to be uh, off ratio, off the off the peg. Sure. Yeah. Um I mean I think I think a lot of that'll go away once they've got proper bribing on on uh, platform. You know, and then look like they're gonna be on Camelot if they decide they want to do stuff on Orbital or even both, like you know, I think they'll be okay. Yeah. So but I mean ultimately like, you know, they they kinda have control over that that situation a bit more than I can speculate, right? Question is more about VE Jones being locked as the Jones eat LP rather than single side Jones. That has uh, to do with so, the PLS Jones to VE Jones. Yeah, I don't. So there's something with yeah. So the, the way that you would mint VE Jones is probably what it is that he's talking about. I mean, yeah. Look, they could technically do it. The reason why we wanted to do JR in the first place is we. We really wanted to own Ara in our treasury, but we didn't have a really great way to do it because of the way the bribes are done. Um, and there's a lot of effort to get multi-sigs together to sign every two weeks. And even then you're left with like all the tokens and then you have to decide if you want to hold it or if you want to like sell. It's just a lot of transactions. Uh, and if you've never used Gnosis for multi-sig, like it, it, it's a lot, just trust us on that. But the way that it works is even if we did hold the Aura in JR form, it's just going to bribe the most efficient pools anyway, right? It's a, it's supposed to feel more like a community good. 
And then if we did put it on balancer, there's also some mechanisms where they actually kind of take a percentage of fees. So we would have to think about where that makes the most sense. But then that also means that, like, if you take a look at the efficiency of bribes on Arbitrum versus Ethereum, bribes on Arbitrum are a lot less efficient than bribes on Ethereum. You're better off using your Aura on mainnet rather than Ethereum. So it probably makes sense for us to keep VE Jones on Camelot when it launches, because that way it'll just be much more, like we'll be able to direct emissions to it in a much more efficient manner. Uh, but who knows, right? I mean, it, anything could happen. We may end up having a wildly successful JR product, and then we end up saying, okay, we'll keep some of the Aura off sides so we can bribe and have it in multiple places. Who knows? Um, I'm gonna... What kind of split will there be on the protocol revenue with the team and VE Jones? Let me get back to you on that because it's not going to be what you think. Yeah. And I think you'll like it. It's not, you'll see. It's not going to be exactly the way that you're perceiving it. There's more to it. There's specifically two other things you're missing to get a complete picture. Mm. So I don't want to miss two questions that I think we got to answer. Uh, I went down the line. When lending, let me. Okay. Why don't, why don't you talk about it since you friggin' talk to these guys like every day and they Back respond up. to you. Yeah. Um, they respond to you, not me. So <laughs> let me just let me just leak. I'm gonna be the leakor today. Uh so vendor. I think that was a pretty uh easy to spot uh, leak that I that I released on Twitter. We were supposed to go live a uh, a little bit ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Two and weeks ago. What happened was is they they looked at the contract. They felt that they needed to update something. Something was not working on their end. I'll just say that that is supposed to go live this week. We've gotten the yeah. the green light. You got to understand, like every lender that's approached us, it's taken a lot of like hand holding to get them to feel like, okay, let's get an oracle and test it now. Because like we don't do oracles, but what we have to do is we have to at least show people how we're pricing things, and then. You know, they'll have questions. We'll come back and forth. Like GDLP is a very complex price. So it's it's not easy. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of layers of abstraction. I, I mean, since you leaked, I'll leak. All right. So then Rodeo, obviously. Like yep. everybody, I mean, couldn't figure that out. Like Rodeo. And then we've got two more. We have Sentiment and Silo. I don't have timeframes on those because they're going through audits right now. So probably like two or three weeks. Uh, and we won't be tweeting about that until there's, there's more information there, but um, they did do like a partner tweet with us or a partnership tweet. We, we, we don't actually partner with any of these folks. I shouldn't say that. It, it's all just collaborations, right? Like unless you see their icon on the bottom and we announce formally a partnership, is Silo Seifu? I, I mean, I hope so. I know there's a lot of big players that farm it. Um, like I know Temple farms it a lot. They're, I think, the biggest one on... Oh, no, they're on Sentiment. Excuse mm -hmm. me. Um, but silo is pretty big, uh, especially on mainnet. Yeah. So they're pretty, they're pretty big. We, have we a, also have a couple other really cool partners. I was going to say Spark. we have a community yeah. member in common with silo that I don't think. Yes. Yes, gets, we do. Gets talked we about do. enough. The, the glorious CEO. Uh, the CEO. Yeah, that's true. Um, you guys mentioned some time ago that there needs to be enough incentives for V Jones to launch. The real question is when enough incentives. I mean, I think we want to at least get through like, some of the stuff on our roadmap, right? Like JR is coming out. 
We think that'll be really big. And then we're redesigning our ETH vault to be like some of the craziest shit you've ever seen. It's going to have like stupid mechanics that you guys, we think will really, really appreciate. And then after that, got a redesign of JDPX and JRDPX. The goal is we want to get these things as automated as possible. Um, funny enough, in 13 minutes, we have a call with the DOPEX core team because we're just trying to get some information that we're going to need for design. And then after that's done, yeah, you'll have your VE Jones. Though there is the possibility that VE Jones leapfrogs the JDPX and JRDPX because we would have, like, maybe they need a longer time frame for the stuff we absolutely want to include in the redesign of the roadmap for those two. So, I mean, really, it's not far out. Like, like, I think I said summer. So, like, I think summer is still realistic. Money doesn't grow on trees. I mean, how about um, DeFi? Sometimes it does. Occasionally, airdrops and whatnot. Uh, Can we talk about other stuff? I I, just one quick question that I saw do? here. Do we know if Trove already bought the Jones oh, yeah. ALP index? I don't think they did. No, not yet. And um, I've got another question here from Olaf about plans or thoughts around getting more JUSDC lick. Um, off the bat, don't forget that we have a pending governance proposal with Klima, All right. but then we also have a past governance proposal with Redacted. So I know that that's been yeah, a highly awaited thing, but... Yeah, we, we have a past one for Redacted and a past one for Sparax. Sparax, basically, the feedback was we want it to be around for eight weeks, so like two months, to kind of like make sure that everything is okay with it, whatever, we're pretty conservative. We're like, okay. So we, I think it's been six weeks. So in two more weeks, we should be able to hit them up. Um, yeah. And then with regards to Redacted, I, I know they're they're pretty busy right now, so uh, I'm sure they'll get around to it. Klima, we know that one. Hopefully we get a pass on that one and get some liquidity there. We've also been talking to some whales and, you know, look, it doesn't help also when uh, GMX has like 10% this week. So, right. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't look, I mean, I will say like, God bless all the Delta Neutral balls who have to try and edge on that. Yes. Good luck. What else is there? Actually, I got to say something. It was so funny. So there was a protocol that, that reached out to me in Telegram. And um, they were like, hey, Notch, like, you know, we love what you guys do, blah, blah, blah. We wanted to reach out to you to have a conversation about, you know, or like, a sorry, a, a Twitter spaces about Delta neutrality and DeFi. And I'm oh, like, yeah. are you sure uh... want to talk to me? Like, I didn't even look for the reply on that yet. I forgot to, but I was like, you guys sure you have the right guy? Like, might want to go look at perhaps some of my past comments. I will tell you this, like, the as far as, like, the the incentives go, um, shout out to Olaf, made a really cool dashboard. Um, You guys can kind of see a couple things going on. I think it's pretty accurate. I, I didn't I don't think the incentive receiver for the uh, retention mechanism might be there, but if it isn't, if it is, excuse me. Uh, but I, I actually no, I take that back. I think it is. But yeah, we hit we hit a little bit of a milestone yesterday mm-hmm. on that. So I'm really excited to see what happens. You know, by the summer, I, I still have hope that. And I said this. I think by the summer we should be between 10 and 15 percent of GLPV uh, total market. So that's only about 45, 50 million. So it's actually maybe a low mark, but 
yeah, I think we'll we'll probably be there before that. Yeah. Do we know what we are right now? Uh, on the JGLP side? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hold, please. Sure. Uh, we're at 17.5. So you got 17.5 in the Delta, leverage Delta GLP ball. So we're like a third there in a month. So yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think it'll be good. I mean, we have some space in that vault right now. We're at like 92%. The cool thing about that vault though, it's like people are like, oh, well, what if like there's not as much interest in the vault? Like what if it stays at 92 or whatever? Like, well, then that means that every six hours when the thing rebases, it'll just start slowly eating up the liquidity until it's full again. Mm-hmm. That's the funny part. You know, the thing, the thing fills itself, honestly. I will say though that we do have some pretty decent sized people that are looking at this thing. So if you're going to get in, if you're interested, do it because I don't know how long the space will be here for. Just full disclosure. I think is that, is, is he still in the chat? I'm not going to call him out, but uh, <laughs> he was in the chat. He left. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. No, I would never. Can't wait for cross chain yeah. JGLP. What? Uh, I mean, honestly, like, like, I mean, you think we're not going to do it on Avalanche? Of course we are. Thoughts on opening a Spearx SUSD, SUSD, JUSDC vault to incentivize JGLP depositors to subscribe. So that was actually the, so mm-hmm. I guess in our conversation with them, I guess they used the meter. And so I think the goal was going to be that they would take whatever JUSDC that they pick up and LP it with SUSDC. Which is cool because um, they have similar yield profiles. Like I think JUSDC is a little higher, but they have similar like yield profiles. So like obviously SUSDC is getting it from other places and then they're doing sales and stuff. And then they keep some that goes into a fund and then there's like a hurdle rate. So it's a little different. But I guess what I'm saying is if you just paired it with like a regular USD token, you, you obviously have that earn permanent loss that you'd have to arb out. But with JUSDC, it could be pretty flat. Um, so I think that's what they wanted to do with, with it, is put it in a Demeter. I don't know about incentivizing JGLP depositors to bribe it, but um, that's certainly something I think we'd be down for that. I think we've answered everything. I think we've run out of questions. I oh, I, I was going to leak some alpha. Go for it. Uh, okay, a couple things. So we are looking at doing an nft i'm not going to disclose like what it'll be will it have any utility or not will it enable something like an airdrop or whatever will it be done by an airdrop i'm not going to disclose any of that stuff right now but we are looking at doing an nft um it's something we've thought about for a while i mean we're pretty much like all nft lovers in this group so it's natural for us that we want to do it so all we really know about it right now is that for sure the art is going to be sick we have some pretty talented guys, so that'll be something to look for. We're taking a look at some different folks out there to determine what the best way to launch it would be. But yeah, so we are, we're definitely going to do it. Uh, we're just ideating through what it would look like. That's one. Number two, I think there's some pretty cool collaborations that are going to be coming our way with regards to JE. So one thing that you know, you could think about is if you take a look at like Yearn. So Yearn launched something where it's like a bunch of different wrapped stake ETH 
Brax eat Coinbase eat like they just stick a bunch of it in the wrapper. So that's one thing that they did. Um, but I think that that's probably not like maybe that's fine for a base layer, but you know that has in and of itself a lot of risk. We're going to be doing some pretty cool stuff with JETH, and if you think about all the different ETH derivative type type stuff out there, and you kind of use your imagination a bit, there's going to be some new collaborations between Jones, you know, protocol X or Y or Z. So I think that we're going to be expanding our probably our actual partnerships. Like we'll probably formalize it. Um, but we've been in really close talks with a few different folks. We we think there's some really cool stuff there. And um, I will say that it's pretty cool because uh, DopeX has a great relationship also uh, where they also have Rapid Stake ETH on their platform. So it just makes it easy for us to do what we've got to do as well with the ETH. Yeah, we're pretty excited about that. I think for now, that's probably okay. I know that we're we're in like product creation mode right now, so that's kind of where we're at. But definitely excited about it. We think that it's going to be really interesting with the JE thing. I would love to do Rocket Belief. There's just there's just they're not at that critical mass yet where they're opening up liquidity on Arbitrum. I actually talked to this guy Maverick on their team about it, um, but they're just not there yet. But one of the things with JE is that it's going to be the the underlying JETH, the idea is that we want to be able to swap out and in of things that we think are adding more value over time. So like the idea is that JETH will remain, but its components will be upgraded over time. So if we decide that we want to move into something new, like GMX ETH, you know, like we could do that, or something like CBETH, if they move liquidity over to Arbitrum, we could do that. There's just different opportunities that we'll have with the strategy. The idea is that we want to just keep it as simple as possible for users, right? You just you have it in your wallet and it lives there and everybody's happy. We could certainly keep going, but I gotta hop yeah. because if I keep if I keep CZ and the CEO waiting, they're gonna like kill me. Go so build some business. I gotta I gotta go talk to these guys. And Ultra, you gotta go too. Get out of here. It'll be on that call. Uh, all right, guys. It was real. I love you all. We'll chat soon. Um, Great talk. Tell you. a friend about JUSDC, please. <laughs> yep. <laughs> please do it. As always, thank you everybody for joining. As you can hear, there's a lot of, a lot of things going on. So I'll try to have a call maybe two or three weeks from now to close the month out. I'm sure there will be some updates. We can give everybody another look at everything. Thank you, everybody, for joining, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you, all, guys. Bye.